Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. This week we're tackling the subject of playing to the final whistle. It is crucial if you want to get the most out of the year to make sure that you've got a defined cutoff that's going to let you come up for air and enjoy the celebration, but without clocking off too early. Plenty of notes to take, but don't just take notes. Make sure you take plenty of action. See you in the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my offsider and co-host, Mitchell Laurentiel. Well, thank you for having me on the show, Mr. Baxter. And one thing you and I are both <laughs> familiar with in our sporting backgrounds, you rugby, me, AFL, is whistles, listening mm-hmm. to the umpires blow their whistle. But importantly, we're going to talk about actually playing through to the final whistle. Here we are in December. We're getting towards the back end of the year. Most people start to clock off, but is that necessarily the best course of action? Could be very punishing. In fact, I think the uh, the autumn rugby uh, internationals overseas saw a lot of uh, teams actually uh, sort of slow down before the end of the game and cost them a result. So now it's it's absolutely crucial. You got to play the game to the full, and then take that well-deserved break. So we'll give you a few tidbits along the way to to keep you on track. Hopefully, maybe some inspiration to dig a bit deeper. And ultimately, um, you know, success in life is about one thing, and it's just that incremental progress of being better than the version of yourself that you were yesterday. So plenty to take out of this one, mate. All right, let's jump straight into things. Let's talk about what not to do and then we can talk about what to do because more often than not the doing the opposite of what's wrong will, will mean what's right so what do most people do in yeah. this scenario ab human nature is such that as you start to view the finish line and i guess we're talking about christmas or the you know christmas holiday shutdown uh, for many people is psychologically you start to just ease off the gas into the end of the year so you know we're almost oh, it's nearly december so that means we're breaking up in a couple of weeks time so all right, let's just cruise into it and have a holiday and then we'll come back into it next year. So, you know, effectively you see the back end of the year out, maybe running it, you know, four or five out of 10 instead of, you know, eight or nine out of 10, for example. Uh, and why is it such a thing to get hung up on? Well, the answer is really simple. If you clock off for the majority of, of December, and chances are, you know, it's school holidays, you know, we've got Australia days, 26th of uh, February, uh, January. Um, you know, it, it's pretty much most of January written off as well. So that's two twelfths or one sixth of the year. What's that? 16% of the year written off. Um, that's a lot when you when think, you think it. about it that way. Now, if you think of, if you've got a specific goal in mind and hopefully everyone that's within our ecosystem that's listening to this have goals uh, and, and let's say you're really close to hitting it, but what you've just done is made it significantly harder by taking out 16% of the time that you've got to achieve that goal. Time is your ally And time is your ally if you're someone that's making progress. You know, you could be so close but didn't quite get there. If the year had just been another week longer, you probably would have done well. Don't cut it short. I think that that's a big thing is that clocking off early. But I just I think if you if you're going to go to the office or go to work in December, if you're on, you've mm. got to be on, right? Hundred percent. It's uh, you know, and and, and and continuing along that theme, and we'll talk more about how to restart the new year. I'm sure as we go through. But yeah, if that's how you're finishing the year, it's probably how you're going to be sort of slowly dragging um, you know the ship back on track again in the new year as well. And I think you know to avoid that, there are some pretty robust. Tech- tactics, I suppose, that we can share with everybody right now. I guess also important just to throw in there before we move on, AB, is forgetting the daily disciplines that you've been doing all year. So if you're starting to get to Christmas, you know, if you don't drink during the week, but because it's December, you decide that you're going to drink during the week, Mm. you're kind of changing up your routine for no real benefit because Mm. it's December. I mean, it makes no difference if you're still at work do the same thing. Absolutely. It's 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 not about being, you know, bad humbug and being Scrooge or whatever it may be. Um, you know, it's really important to take a break at the end of the year. It's great for families to reconnect. And, you know, as a matter of fact, my father arrives from the UK today, so we're getting him nice and early before Christmas. Exciting. And, um, you know, the, 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 the bottom line is that's all great things to look forward to. But if you can, if you can just play to that final 
final buzz or that final whistle, that final bell, it makes the victory of getting there and knowing in yourself that you've given the year the best that you can when you choose to wind down and celebrate whatever it may be. Maybe it's a soft sand run down the beach for you or popping a beer for me. Um, it tastes that bit sweeter and, and, and nicer because you know that you've really earned that. And th this isn't about living some torturous life. It's about building the self-discipline and mental muscle memory, if you will, in order to achieve what it is that you set out. This is Whatever your goals are are your goals. You set them, we didn't, but you should make sure you achieve them. I love that, I really do. So with that, AB, let's jump into some strategies because mm. it's easier said than done what we're talking about here and we've all done it before, you know, admittedly, we've all kind of clocked off before we should have. Mm. Let's talk about how, not with you, of course, previous life. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's talk about how we can avoid doing that. What, what are the strategies you suggest? Look, I, I think more than anything, and I'll, I'll tell you an anecdote from my last Christmas in London <laughs> in a minute. Um, I think um, setting a hard finish line is really good. And one of the things that we talk about within a, a money and investing planning system is having segmentation rituals, how to segment the day when you get up, when you start work, when you finish work, and when you finish the day to enable you to have a really clear distinction so that when you're on, you can give it 100%. And when you're off, you don't feel guilty or tempted, oh, I should be on, I should be checking something because that's your downtime. And I think success is, avoiding burnout is something that's very, very important if you want to endure a have enduring success, not just a good year but backing it up year after year decade after decade um, and so those segmentation rituals that we do daily I, I think are very important and you can do the same thing on your annual calendar so to give yourself a level of sanity having a hard finish on the year is absolutely crucial because you can work right up to that and then that's it it's done you don't have to be looking over your shoulder or maybe I can get this squeeze this in um, you know you've just got a that's when the curtain closes that's it for the year if it didn't get done then well it didn't um, but you play right up to that to make sure you get there if, the, if that's one of your goals it gives you some clarity too because 100%. you know there is a finish line when, when there's no finish line it can sort of I guess if you sort of look at some of the psychology behind success on any kind of metric and I think one of the best examples and I've got someone in the wings as a guest um, for the show next year who's quite well known um, is from a special forces background Ooh. and one of the hardest distinctions, I think, and you're from the fitness industry, um, you know, through you, your family and, and, and your sporting background, one of the biggest distinctions between special forces training and sports training or, or regular Joe Bagger Donuts training that we all do is that there's no finish line for special forces training. There's no feedback. So there are, you're doing push-ups. There's a lot, 10, 20, 50 there's no quantum you just keep doing them and, until you're then told to stop and psychologically that's incredibly difficult because you just don't know what's coming next and it's an internal battle then to try and preserve because we're all used to a finish line give me 10 or 20 or 30 or whatever and, mm -hmm. and we're done and we move sure. on to the next thing and that level of uncertainty is extremely disruptive and I think taking that into the context of, of what we're talking about here playing to the final whistle if you don't know what that final whistle is it's mentally very very destructive special forces training is is specifically designed to eke out a very unique 
particular type of person and it's structured very much that way. This isn't about that. This is helping everyday people get to the finish line on their terms. I'm not talking about the 0.001% of population. We're talking to the 99% of people now and that's that ability to help anybody get to that line. So having a very defined cutoff, we know when our Christmas party is going to be here in the office. Um, I've advised my, 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 my credit card provider to expect a fairly hefty, <laughs> uh, hefty uh, charge that afternoon if you guys are true to form. Uh, and rightly so, we deserve it because we've worked hard this year and it's going to be great to celebrate. Uh, but the reality is, up until that point in time, we're game on. Absolutely. But we've got a very hard finish line too to say, that's it, that's the curtain closing on the year and we're done. And we'll do everything we can to make sure we achieve that which we set out to, what our intention was, which to, to a large extent we have. And if we haven't, we'll work right up to that. But, but that is the cutoff. Now, I can sometimes be a bit extreme. I say, no, it's not good enough for me. But we're a team and we've got to work to what's best for the team. And everyone needs that airspace to come up and gasp and go, wow, and then look back and, and recognize the achievements of the previous year too. So, yep, hard cutoff has to be. Gotcha. And so you go real hard right up to that finish line and then it's done. And you can walk past it and go, that's it, I feel good. And preempting, I guess, our, our next point of topic of conversation mm -hmm. You know, they don't need to do anything special. You just need to do the basics. Yeah, I think it's it, it's a it's a really philosophical sort of question. And we talk about world class basics. Yeah, you know, people want to conquer the world, but they can't make that bed in the morning. Um, one of the things I'd encourage people to do, if you if you need to give yourself some momentum, mental momentum, physical momentum, whatever it is, is become the best at things that require no talent. Oh, I love that. And that way, it just strips away. Any kind of excuse, oh, I couldn't do that, I'm not that person, I couldn't get up on stage and speak to a thousand people, or I, I, I couldn't you know, work out that particular trade strategy, or whatever it might be, and instead, instead of beating yourself up at what you can do, embrace everything that you can and be the best at it. Be on time, be kind, be polite, be professional, be curious, have empathy, all of those sorts of things. Anyone can do those. You don't require a special skill set for that. You need to think about it. And the idea of doing this isn't, oh, we've got all this great bunch of people that are kind and empathetic and are on time and get the basics right. The idea of that is that what you're doing is setting your standard higher. And when you create a higher standard for yourself, it creates a vacuum behind that sucks everything else up with it. A rising tide after all lifts all ships. So something to focus on is, okay, set yourself that hard finish for the year, play right the way through it. And, 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 and as a focus for the next three, four weeks or whenever this broadcast goes out, is to very, very specifically focus on becoming the best at things that don't require any talent. Be the friendliest person, kindest person, enthusiastic person, whatever it might, and see where it takes you mentally because it will give you a new game to play. So if you're bored, stale, tired, worked over, don't have the bandwidth left because this year may have been hard for you, now you've got a fresh challenge and you've got no excuse for having a crack at that challenge because anybody can do those things. That philosophy and that mindset is, is important. And I guess we probably leads into our next our next point to add on to that ab is we talk about easy decisions versus hard decisions and that that mindset is imperative to distinguish between the two and then carry mm. it out so if you're thinking of giving yourself the challenge of focusing on being the best at things that require no talent the next thing on there is to start filling your day with making hard or easy decisions and if you think about over the course of a day you've always got a hard or easy decision and, and you can make things harder or easier on yourself. And I'll give you give you a really um, simple example. On the way to work, you you could have had a healthy breakfast, uh, you know, porridge or oats or muesli or whatever it might be, or macas. Macas might have been easier because it's a drive-through as opposed to having to get up and and physically cook something to it that might be healthy or getting out of the fridge or prepping it or whatever it might be. 
but which one is going to give you the best outcome over time? The hard decision every time. And the hard one is the one that helps you build up that mental fortitude. I'll give you a, a really simple example. When I was playing football, I, I used to hate running. And then I grew to love it, as, as we all do, for, because it's just the discipline that you need if you want to be fit and able to compete at a decent level of sport. And you have a choice back then. <clears throat> back then, you used to have it was a great invention. It's called the Sonny Walkman. All right. Forget about your little white buds and the E and A. You had these these big foam mothers that used to oh, sit wow. on listen to the cassette tape, another thing that you've seen in the museum. And you get to listen to your tape on the on, on the belt on the way around. It sounds like something you'd see in Kath and Kim or something like that, right? <laughs> and, and and you could listen to your Walkman when you ran. Or or not. And I always used to choose when I was training not to listen to music for the simple reason that when I was playing, there was no music. There's no rocky theme going on in your head. You're not listening to it when you're playing sport. It's it's the reality of being in that, that situation. So why soften the training by giving yourself a distraction when you can embrace, I don't know, this is hardcore, sort of Dave Goggins, embrace the pain, pain's good, all that sort of stuff. But all you're doing is using the music as a masking agent to make it easier when in actual fact the biggest benefit for you is to do it the hard way and enjoy doing it the hard way because the benefit for you is significantly more not because you're fitter but your mental hardness is there so how can we relate that to if you're in the office towards mm. the back end of the year what kind of decisions do you see most people choosing the easy versus hard so you've got two poles you can bury yourself in admin or get the desk clear get all those invoices moved off the desk and all the sort of chores that can come along in certain roles or you've got this project that you know is going to bring great growth for you or the business next year, which is quite involved. It's going to be hard. You have to put some big hours in, really dive into the spreadsheet. Oh, look, it's nearly Christmas. Look, we're, we're behind schedule anyway. The IT team are going on leave on the 18th. No one's going to get around to it, so I'll just leave that for the new year. There are your two choices, easy or hard. Grab the hard one every day of the week and just be that person, that leader, whether, it's, um, whether you, you have a responsibility of leadership in the business or not, or you become the employee that steps out of the pack by continually um, grabbing the stinging nettle and saying, I'm taking this. Yep. And that's a, that's a really interesting one. And again, the personal growth that comes on the back of that is absolutely massive because if you're someone that's a procrastinator, for example, you find it hard to make decisions and it's always easy to just chip away and distract yourself with the ad many type things that isn't really achieving much, but you feel like you're busy and getting stuff done even though the needle's not moving. Taking the alternate mindset of going, no, I'm just going to grab the hard thing on there, starts to get you good at making decisions. And if you if you were to tally them up, you've got hard decisions, easy decisions over the course of the day. If you spend more and more of your time focused on doing the hard decisions, automatically those easy ones just get done. They become not even decisions because your ability to, to step into the challenge that's facing you is significantly greater. So the personal growth within is is absolutely massive. Sounds like a minor thing. Um, you know, park your car and, and next to the lift or at the end of the car park. Simple example, which one's going to get you fitter or healthier or give you time to turn your game face on from getting out of the car into the lift to being, hey, I'm here or on the way home, the opposite. All of these things are microscopic, you know, and they're not going to make you successful in their own right. But the muscle memory that they help you, or, or the mental acuity and muscle memory of the brain and habits that they help you build will let you conquer anything. 
because all of a sudden you're not afraid of making decisions, you're not afraid of doing the tough thing and you're not afraid to playing full on to the final whistle. That's what you almost strive for so you can show what you can do. And that's huge. And as I say, you get to the point where things that you used to sweat on for hours, oh, should I do this? How should I do it? it just becomes a not decision. Just get on and do it. Gotcha. And I guess leading into that, important is the notion of trust. You've mm. got to trust yourself to do that if you set out to do something. But I guess if you're a leader in an organisation, AB, as you mentioned, a boss or a team leader, you've got to have your employees or your team members have to have trust that you'll actually do what you say you're going to do, right? Mm. Trust is, is is a huge thing. And they say you only trust somebody once and it's something you earn. It should never be thrown around. People just throw trust around. You you, you, you need to earn it. It's rather like respect. And I think, you know, you can, you can it, it, sometimes it's the small things. Uh, and one of the things I'd, I'd go back to, and this was, this was some advice from my granddad actually. Uh, and it was like, be your word. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you're not going to do it, don't say you're going to do it because all you do there is create this um, level of disappointment either from others or in yourself. So, yeah, if you're an employer and you say, we're going to do this, and then you don't, all your staff look at you and go, whatever he says is a waste of time, he never does anything. All of a sudden, you're not the leader anymore. You're the butt of the joke. Or if it's in yourself, be true to yourself. If you say you're going to do something, get on and do it. And the reason for doing that is that it's simply going to help you build trust in yourself and recognize and give yourself some love too, that you are a leader of yourself. You go, do control your own destiny. And it can be such minor things. I remember like, in, and, and building trust and leadership isn't about being the leader of the team or the boss. I remember when I was playing football, I went to one club and a lot of money went into that club and there were a lot of high profile people got purchased and uh, as uh, on contracts and there were people like myself that had been there for a little while that were sort of semi-displaced and you're looking around and going well what do I do in this situation and there are these micro commitments that okay if there's if there's a there's a tap penalty and you know you're going to get belted in the contact situation and 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 they've just and 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 it's out of, it's a defensive tap penalty be the person that takes the hit up, always, every single time. Be on my ball, I'll take it. And just be that person. And you know you're going to get hurt and it's going to sting afterwards when you're in the ice bath or, or if you're in the bar having a beer, lording, lording the hit or whatever it may be. But all of a sudden, those people around you start to look and go, well, there's someone we can rely on that's going to step up for the team. And all of a sudden, they treat you differently. It's a subconscious thing in a, in, in, in a, in a contact sport situation. Um, you know, if there's, uh, and, I, and I see it in our team here, like, for example, if we've got some stuff that's going to an event, and typically our admin team um, are predominantly female in this business, and if they're taking some stuff down to the car park, I know there are people in the office that say, let me take that down for you. And it's not necessarily an act of chivalry. It's an act of, it's going to be easier for me physically to carry that than you. And it's not gender-based. It's just a fact of life. And it's those small micros, and there's nothing in it. There's no remuneration for it. There's no, that was really kind. It's just that commitment to doing what the team needs doing. And, and they're only really small things like that, but it's that they add up to bigger things. And when you start to be that person that'll step up and do what needs to be done, even if it's not in your lane, that's a real leader. And you don't do a lap of honor and get the kazoo and blow about it and go, hey, look what I just did, because everyone knows what you did. Gotcha. Most importantly, you know what you did. And that internal trust that you can then start to build is, is what breaks the shackles off from wherever you are playing in life, good, bad, or indifferent, and will help give you the skills and confidence to that next level. You know, success, 
And self-discipline, it's not like taking a cold shower, that's not gonna make you millions, but it's just another veneer in the plank of success. And if you build up that sort of, that, that discipline always to be the person, you're not the supplicant, you're not the, 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 the bag carrier, you're actually the leader. Gotcha. Totally different perspective. Something to think about that. Love that. That's great advice, AB. And I think everything that we've covered here, I mean, all in all, it's, it's fuel in the, fuel in the fire, right? To play through mm. to the final whistle. On that, as we wrap up for today's episode, now we've got a special event coming up. Can you talk to our listeners about what that what that looks like? Well, we've talked about playing to the final whistle. How do you resuss things in the new year? And uh, I guess after we've had a nice break and family time and, and hopefully some great weather, um, you know, kickstarting the new year can be quite a challenge too. And so many people fall into the trap match of New Year's resolutions. This is going to be my year and all they do is is follow the same process as last year i had this conversation with my son the other day he's seven and we we're doing a paper airplane um thing what do you call it paper airplane competition sure and uh, and and i just started laughing he said why are you laughing dad and i said listen i said i've made my paper airplanes like this since i was your age <laughs> and whenever i make one I always have this expectation that this time it's, it's going to work. And it never does. <laughs> it never does. Ever. And, and New Year's Res- and, and he's just like, well, he said, I'll try that. And it, we just tried about 10 different ways of making them. We went on Google and got some templates and did all this sort of stuff. And it was, it was a bit of fun. And But it, it actually was quite quite thought provocative because I consider myself someone that is you know, quite curious and forward looking and try and prove. And my paper airplane game is pretty, pretty lackluster. And, and I'm thinking, well, but why? And it's, well, it's the way you've always done it and it's never worked in the last you know, 40 odd years. Why is it going to suddenly work today? You've got to try something different. And I think news resolutions are exactly the same as that timely conversation and that you've got your process, you go through and you're going to do your news resolutions. And for most people, they don't even make it past Australia Day. So if you want some more structured help, uh, that's a time-tested process, unlike my paper airplane game, uh, which is at the cutting edge that does work. Then, yeah, we've got a training session. We're running Money and Investing um, Strategy Day. Uh, it goes hand in glove with our planning system that we have, our journals and all the rest of it. There's going to be a link uh, in the bio under this, and I'm sure you'll see it across social as well, uh, where we'd love to invite you in all the date and what to bring, what to do, etc. are all in there. And what we'll do as a group is work on setting up some different types of goals for you and layering them in the right way between achievement and habit-based that are going to get you to where you want to get to but more importantly that check back to make sure that things are staying on track so all the details will be there we'll go through not just simply world-class basics or, or or excelling at the things that require no talent but actually stretching beyond that but i'll tell you right now for the people that are listening to this that do embrace that challenge to become the absolute best at anything that doesn't require any talent the self-discipline, the little microscopic muscle memory layers that they're building in there, along with that B word, if you say you're going to do something, do it and start making big decisions. I'm talking, oh, I'm going to build a tower block over there. I've never done a development before, but I'm going to build a 50-story high-rise. I'm not talking about big decisions like that. I'm talking about the hard versus the easy decisions that we all go through every day in life. Do you pick up the piece of litter that you just missed the bin with and put it in or not? Of course you do. Small things, but they make a big difference in terms of the way you see the game. Layer those in this side of Christmas. Let me hold your hand and guide you through the new year. And I can assure you 2023 will be an absolute ripper on any metric. If you follow that process through, it'll be your best year yet. 
I'll be there with bells on AB. But thanks very much in the meantime for your advice today. Look forward to hosting you now. I'll give you, I did uh, take you an anecdote back to my oh, last yes. time in London. So we talk about when to clock off. And I remember, uh, two th- uh, what was it, 1999 uh, was when I moved to Australia. So 98 was my my last uh, last Christmas in the UK. And being quite well known um, with some uh, good, good mates in the broking industry, I think I did something like 56 Christmas parties in the run up to Christmas. So yeah, wow. yeah, I probably needed to check into some sort of detox unit after the end of it. That's crazy. Um, so it wasn't that we clocked off for Christmas. It just was the gift that just kept on giving. It sort of started at the end of November and went right the way through. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. Couldn't do it now. <laughs> no, neither. Cheers, AB. Thanks. Absolute pleasure. Cheers. There you have it, guys. Make sure you give us a review and a rating and we'll look forward to hosting you next week.